today we're going to be in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, it says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Or Paul, who wrote this, he doesn't want the people that he's writing this to to be unaware of these gifts. He says, you know that when you were still pagans or Gentiles, or let me, let me use this real simple word, unbelievers of Jesus, when you were still an unbeliever, you were led astray and swept along in the worshiping of speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You can be seated this morning. Our talk today, I've entitled, Am I Qualified? Am I Qualified? Can you turn to somebody and could you just real quickly, could you just look at somebody and say, are you qualified? <laughs> turn to somebody else and ask them, are, are, you, are you qualified? <laughs> have you ever, uh, ever, ever in your life, have you ever noticed lately for me, uh, maybe it's my algorithm on YouTube, but like, there's a hack or a cheat for everything, you know, biohacking and like, you know, you can, there, there's always the shortcut. There's always this like special thing. There's this cheat code. Uh, well, I remember when I was in high school, I wasn't, I wasn't a gamer, you know, I wasn't like a video game. I, I was, I, I was more of a get outside, you know, drag yourself across the asphalt, skateboarding down hills go surfing, be active. But occasionally I would sit and we would, after school, we'd walk down the street from our high school in Oceanside and a friend of mine lived down the street and he had a video game console and we would play video games. I didn't have a video game console. And he would just absolutely crush me in these video games. And I was like, wow, how does he, like, what is going on? <clears throat> Only to find out, <clears throat> this dude had like the cheat code. He had the hack, you know? And, and, and then I later what I found out was that I too had the ability to have that, but I just didn't know the sequence of buttons, up, up, down, left, right, right. Like, does anyone know what I'm saying? Anybody? Okay. So I was like, dude, this guy's crushing me, and I just couldn't for the life of me figure it out. But I was also just completely unaware, right? I was unaware, and I just didn't know. You know, a lot like this experience that I had in my life, I think that there's sometimes that we as followers of Jesus, the church, are unaware of this special cheat code that we have, this Holy Spirit hack that God has given us. So the truth is that God has empowered us to get in the game and go. We need to know that. But he's also gifted us with special abilities necessary to sustain and advance the church. And those are called the gifts of the Holy Spirit or spiritual gifts. So today we're going to talk about these spiritual gifts. And we're going to gain clarity on how the gifts of the Holy Spirit are gifts. Number one, they're generators and they're grown. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, 
I'm going to boldly ask. I'm going to boldly ask because you, you say that I should. You tell us that we should and we can. I'm going to boldly ask that you would make yourself known here this morning through the power of your spirit. Maybe like never before, but ultimately allow it to strengthen us. If we are followers of Jesus, allow it to strengthen us. If you are not a believer in Jesus, my prayer this morning is that you would be drawn you would be drawn into the incredible love of Jesus and the authority of what you've given us in your name. We say amen and amen. Can you guys give our worship team? Number one, let's talk about spiritual gifts or gifts. What, what, what I, I want to do is I want to set the, set the stage. I just read a scripture out of Corinthians. It was 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I, I, I want to tell you the purpose that Paul, this, this guy Paul, wrote a lot of the New Testament. He would write to these different churches. And the reason why Paul was writing to the Corinthian church was because they were incredibly gifted. But the church was both immature and confused. Have you ever met somebody... Uh, maybe you see someone who's, I won't even say young in age, but maybe young in something. Young in, they, they figured out that they're able to do something, but they just haven't matured in their ability. They, they understand their gift, but they haven't turned it into a skill. Do you see the difference? Okay. This is what Paul was dealing with. An incredibly gifted bunch, immature, and they were confused about what it is that even mattered most. Okay. So they were making a really big deal about these gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. They were, and, and they were making it bigger than what they needed to be. So they sent Paul a bunch of questions about this. Hey, we're, ha- we're struggling with this. Can you answer this? So the entirety of 1 Corinthians, the book of 1 Corinthians, and the book of 2 Corinthians, this is Paul's response and his rebuke and his correction, which is amazing, that make up 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. Specifically, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 14 are, are specifically about the gifts of the Spirit. And chapter 13 that's right in between those two is what we call the chapter... In, in scripture, we call the chapter of love, where it talks about love. So sandwiched in between spiritual gifts is the main portion, which is love. And so what Paul wants to do is he wants them to understand that gifts are first and for, foremost gifts. So he says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts in, in, in verse 4. Let me, let me describe this. I'm going to get a little bit nerdy at first, but then I'm going to make some things very practical uh, that's my hope, Holy Spirit willing. This word spiritual gifts, this, this word gifts or spiritual gifts comes from the word charis or charis, depending on how you want to pronounce it. This is where the word grace comes from. It means grace. 
But in the English, uh, it's where we get the word charisma, charismata. And if you've been around the church world, this is where the word charismatic comes from. Or if you know somebody that just has an energy they carry and you say, oh, they're very charismatic. Okay, this is this is the, the, the foundation of this. And it means an enablement or a blessing bestowed freely by God. It's not something that you and I just whip up one day. Oh, I'm going to whip up the ability to, you know, play an instrument and sing. Um, you can work really hard at it. But, like, I, I think there's probably some core things. And some people are like, dude, I can't. I'll tell you what Lorenzo does on the drums. Would be scary if all of us tried to be that drummer. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Everyone said amen. <laughs> you guys real quickly were like, yeah. In 1 Corinthians, the very first chapter of 1 Corinthians, right when Paul starts this letter in verse 4, he says, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you in Jesus Christ. And a lot of times we hear the word grace maybe and we're thinking about, oh, God's grace was that he sent his son to Jesus. This is what this word grace means in this context. It means capacity and ability due to the grace of God. So there is God's grace that he sent his son to die for you and I. But then there's a grace that lives on top of that grace that means the capacity and ability due to the grace of God. That a spiritual gift, let me, let me define it now. This way, a spiritual gift is the ability to have God's grace work for you. God's grace worked for me when he sent his son to die on the cross. Worked for me. It's working in me, and it's working through me. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? A lot of times you will hear people say... Uh, if you're around uh, churchdom, we get these really interesting, like, Christianese-type statements. Uh, forgive me. Um, but you'll hear someone say, like, oh, you know, I just, I just, you know, I can see that God's really given you a grace for that. <laughs> what, what is that? Who says that? <laughs> what does that mean? This is what it means. Here's what I want you to know. God has given you a grace in your life. That he maybe has not given, he's given all of us the grace of salvation. But he's given you a grace, a special ability, a gift that maybe he didn't give to me. So you have a grace. My wife and I have seven children. People will sometimes, oh, bro, like they're trying to keep up. Let me just tell you right now, don't try to keep up. Bad idea. Unless... That is the grace that God has given you. Are you following me? Okay? So don't try to like, don't think that the end goal, the end game of your Christianity is to be a pastor standing on a stage. This is one place of ministry. There is, there is exponentially greater ministry in all of you than there will ever be in me. This is just the grace that God has given me. What is your grace? Okay? So spiritual gifts are special abilities that are mentioned in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. I'm not going to read through all these passages. Okay? 
Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 through 11. Romans 12, 6 through 8 mentions spiritual gifts. 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11 mentions spiritual gifts. Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 mentions spiritual gifts. Let me give you, uh, let me give you some of these spiritual gifts. Uh, the gift of administration, apostleship or pioneering, building. Um, the gift of discernment, the gift of encouraging, the gift of exhorting, the gift of evangelism. Evangelism. I'm going to tell you about Jesus. You can't stop me, right? He's like, uh, okay. We're, by the way, we're all chief evangelists of something. Just, just FYI. The gift of faith. Have you ever met somebody that you're just like, dude, that person is like, can be 200 feet down in a dark hole, and they're like, I can see there's light. You know, and you're like, you have the most tremendous faith. <laughs> like, <laughs> just going to sit down here and sing until God gets me. Okay. Or, or how about how about a person that's like, I have faith that I'm going to, like, this is what God's doing, okay, right? That faith. Uh, the gift of giving. There are some people, I think all of us should be giving. All of us are called to generosity and giving. Every, let me, let me, let me, every single one of us are called to this, but some of us are just over the top. God has given you this remarkable gift of giving. That you go above and beyond. And you're just like, I can't stop myself. Like, <laughs> I don't even know how I'm going to eat this month. But you, I, you're blessed, so that's good. And they just get their, right? Have you ever met anybody like this? That's a spiritual gift. Hospitality. Gift of knowledge. Gift of leadership. The gift of being a pastor or a shepherd. The gift of prophecy. The gift of teaching, the gift of tongues, the gift of the interpretation of tongues, the gift of serving, the gift of showing mercy, the gift of wisdom, and the gift of healing. Now, this is what I want you to know. These named gifts are some as examples, but it's not exhaustive. And here's what I mean. Um, what we just saw happen, I'm going to use these guys as an example, which happened to all these wonderful people individuals who are leading us in worship. Uh, can you tell me, find anywhere in the Bible where you can say the spiritual gift of worship leading? But this is what I will tell you. I think it's self-evident and it's clear that there is a gift that God has given them that they have been graced with. Okay, So the, the spiritual gifts we see in the Bible, that's not an exhaustive list. Um, I love what Wayne Grudem, who, who is, who's like maestro theology guy, Wayne Grudem says this, a spiritual gift is any ability, let me say this again, is any ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in any ministry of the church. Any ability. Okay? It tells me that God wants to empower some of the things that he's given us. And that they're gifts that he gave them to us first. We see this in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 5. There are different kinds of service. That word service means ministries. There are different types of ministries. But we serve the same Lord. Okay? These gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us are not to serve me. Are not to serve a certain people group. It's to serve who? The Lord. Yeah. 
So spiritual gifts are gifts as far as their origin, okay? Holy Spirit gave us them, their gifts, as far as the origin. But there are ministries in regard to their application. You want me to say that again? There's some note takers in the room watching. You're just like, huh? say what? Okay. Spiritual gifts are gifts as far as their origin of source. They're given as a gift by the Holy Spirit. They're gifts that way. But they are ministries in regards to their application. It begins to tell us the story that these gifts are not given for us to sit, go in a quiet room, hold on to, open, and go, I'm so pumped about the gift that God gave me for me. Wrong answer. Okay? And we know that the body of Christ is not divided into gifted and non-gifted. It's not like, okay, all of you are gifted. You guys are in the gray zone. We're not sure about a whole you. You're not gifted. The goal is to get over here. The goal is to not end up over there. It's not how it works. There's no division. This is what's crazy about God's economy. It's not divided into gifted and non-gifted. So in 1 Corinthians 12, 6, and there are diversities of operations, okay? But it is the same God which worketh in all. <laughs> that was the King James. When you put a TH on the end of a word, that's King James. And there are diversities of operations. This word diversity is a distinction arising from different distribution to different persons. It's a distinction arising from a different distribution to different persons. And the word operations means effect or in workings. It's actually the root in the Greek is where we get the word energy. Okay? So this is what I would say. Spiritual gifts are activities of the spirit that are bringing spiritual effects. Let me say that again. Spiritual gifts are activities of the spirit that are bringing spiritual effects. Every believer has a spiritual gift meant to bring spiritual effects. Every single one of us does. I want you to, I don't care. Man, we got a bunch of kids right now. Do, do, do you know what I know about them? Holy Spirit has given them gifts. We can start calling those gifts out in utero. We can start, God, you, 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 could be, you could be a single man or woman right now, and you could begin praying and say, Lord, there's a day that you're going to bring a mate into my life, and there are going to be children that are going to be born. And God, I am calling right now for you to make known the gifts that you're going to give to that child. There's a powerful preemptive strike. It's not just, well, you know, are you 21? Are you of age? If you can buy alcohol, then you got, you got a spiritual gift. Okay? That is not how God's economy works. This is important for us to know. There's not some arbitrary number where it's like, oh, okay. Which changes by state anyway. Here in Alabama, I don't even think they care. No shade on Alabama. 
I told our team that, that they should buckle up because I didn't know what was going to happen this morning. This is what I want to tell you. A gift's value resides in its application of service to the body of Christ. A gift's value resides in its application to the service of the body of Christ. Let me say it this way. You've been given a gift and I've been given a gift. If we don't use that gift, they're worthless. It actually doesn't matter if Lulu and Kehau, God's given them the ability to sing and lead us into an encounter with God. What good does that do if they sit in a closet, turn out a light, and they put a pillow in front of their face to muffle the sound, and they sing into a pillow? Are you with me? The value resides in its application. Number two, spiritual gifts are generators. They're generators. In 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says, But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit, or the spirit, a spiritual gift, for the common good. For the common good. What, what is the common good? So that we can help each other. Some translations, this is what it says. Some translations say, Each one is given a spiritual gift so that we can help each other. Okay? The word manifestation is outward evidence. There should be an outward evidence of spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts aren't, you know, and, and, the, and outward evidence isn't, it, it do, I'm going to go back to what I said. It doesn't mean, well, I was sitting by myself and, you know, I felt like this gift that I was given was outwardly manifested. We have to remember what it's for. Spiritual gifts bring outward evidence of the Holy Spirit in the church, to the body, to encounter the presence of God. To encounter the presence of God. Everywhere in Scripture, everywhere in Scripture, that you saw the Holy Spirit move in power, where you saw these gifts outwardly manifested, even if it was Jesus moving, healing, feeding 5,000, casting out demons, Peter in Acts chapter 3 and John, healing the beggar who was crippled. Every single time, it brought an outward evidence that the presence of God is among you. How do I know? People go, how do we know God is real? Gifts of the Spirit. Every single time. The purpose of the gifts of the Spirit is to generate strength to the entire body of Christ by helping one another. That's where it starts. Very first place. God has given all of us gifts to help one another. Not to help, not to help myself. I mean, imagine if I just built all of this and put a mirror in front of me and I just preached to myself every Sunday morning to pump myself up for the week. Based on what I said, it would actually have no value. 
we have been gifted to help one another. 1 Corinthians 14, 12. And the same is true for you. Since you are so eager to have the special ability the Spirit gives you, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. That word strengthen is to edify. That word edify means the act of building a structure. How is, how is God's church built? Through the edification of the church. How is, it, how is, how is the church edified? Through the power of the Holy Spirit giving us special abilities called the gifts of the Spirit. That the purpose of them is to build us up, to strengthen us. So if the exercise of spiritual gifts does not edify and build up the body, they have no value. Are you with me? So the body of Christ is built up by encouraging believers to fully exercise the gifts that they have been given. My goal, in fact, my mandate, my calling as a pastor, shepherd, is to call out in you, to tell you that God has given you a gift, and to encourage you to walk in that, to encourage you to develop it, to, to, to let it grow into a skill, and to bring it to the house because it is going to be powerful and it's encouragement, it's strengthening and the building up of another follower of Jesus. And this is what I love. The gifts of the Spirit are given by the Holy Spirit, but they're grown up in the people of God. This is what I mean. The way that you grow is going to be with people around you. They're meant to generate strength. They're meant to build up the church. They're given, the gifts are given by the Holy Spirit, but they're grown up with people. We need each other in this. And this is what we see scripturally is the exercise of spiritual gifts in Christian gatherings. So if we look Jesus' life throughout the New Testament, through every apostle, everybody who's, who's walking as a follower of Jesus, operating in these gifts, this is what we're going to see, that the exercise of spiritual gifts in those gatherings should edify the believers, should build up you as believers, but it should also affect, draw near, and convert unbelievers. So the body of Christ is strengthened and built up by strengthening you that are saying, yes, I believe, but it's also strengthened and built up by affecting and seeing others drawn into and becoming the body. So it's both for the believer, and then it has this unique piece where it's actually working for the unbeliever. Jesus says this. He goes, don't believe me. They were questioning Jesus, like, hey, dude, how do we know you're real? How, like, how do we believe in you? Have you ever doubted? I mean, like, I'm just going to be honest with you. There's times where I'm like, God, based on what just happened, are you real? Like, that's, I think that's just a human part of us. Like, Lord, you're going to have to, like... 
But there was a group of people that just didn't, they, they were watching what Jesus was doing and, and they were struggling with belief. And this is what he said, don't believe me unless I carry out my father's work. What was his father's work? To build up the body, how? <laughs> Through the gifts that the spirit gives. But if I do his work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous works. What is the evidence of the miraculous works? People are being healed. People are being set free. So he's speaking to the people who are struggling, believing, saying, just look at the evidence. Okay? The gifts of the Spirit are generating strength, but they're also generating salvation opportunities. They're generating an encounter with God. By the evidence of the Holy Spirit's miraculous work. Believer and unbeliever alike. There's no debate in my mind. Sometimes if somebody says, well, let me say it this way. There's no debate in my mind that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are alive and well and ready today to strengthen you as a follower of Jesus, but radically transform through an encounter the people that maybe are sitting around you that don't believe in Jesus. The gifts of the Spirit sustain and advance the kingdom of God, the church. Number three, spiritual gifts are grown. Spiritual gifts are grown. Uh, there's a process of growth and maturity in the exercise of spiritual gifts. It's not like, hey, if I handed the keys, uh, you know, my kid's like, hey, uh, you know, I think I'm tall enough to see over the steering wheel. And I just go, cool, you've been gifted. You know how to drive. And I just hand him the keys of the car, and I'm just like, go for it, and just let him go. There's a growth and a maturity. You may have been handed a key. God has gifted you. But there's a process that he wants to grow and mature you. And remember, what I said a second ago was is that one of the biggest ways he wants to grow and mature you is with his people. 1 Corinthians 14, 20. Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding. Remember I said Paul was somewhat correcting and kind of rebuking the Corinthians. Extremely gifted, immature, and confused, okay? So what does he say to them? Uh, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Of what things? Spiritual gifts. Don't be, don't be, don't be immature, he says. He goes, but innocent, uh, be innocent as babies when it comes to evil. Like, be innocent when it comes to all of the things that you guys used to be governed by. Separate yourself, but be mature in understanding the matters of this kind. This kind, what kind? The matters of the Holy Spirit and the gifts that he has given us so that we can see powerful, powerful moves of God that only he can do that strengthen us as a church and bring those who are far from God close to God. God desires for gifts to be exercised maturely. Now, I want to tell you, um, there's this scary moment when, as a parent, you give the key to that kid, and you're like, watch him drive away for the first time, and you're just like, 
Good God. And then there's, there's going to be a maturing process. What, 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 what I'm saying is we can't be afraid to call something out in someone and say, start walking in it. We can't be afraid of that. You've been given the key. Let's go. We together are going to work in the maturity. Hey, uh, so when I'm in the car and I'm like, hey, that red light you just went through and I saw my life flash before me. True story. In the middle of Palm Springs, I won't say which child that was. I had to repent because I said some other things. Don't, don't judge me. <laughs> you just said the same. You just, don't, don't judge. I'm telling you. The Lord's going to do work on you if you judge me, okay? <laughs> he wants us, but we, ha- but we can't be afraid of going. Okay? Gifts are for ministry, but they're not a sign of maturity. Sometimes, I've been, listen, I've been around people of faith for a long time, and there's this propensity that we have towards sometimes going like, oh, Doug, you're a mature one. You've been gifted. That gift does not say anything about maturity. Why? Because if I've got a five-year-old that God has gifted, hmm? Come on. So we do this weird thing with spiritual gifts where we begin, listen, you know in the Old Testament, the people of Israel wanted a king. So God gave them Saul finally. It didn't work out well, by the way. In the church, we fall victim to the same spirit of wanting kings. We call celebrity. And so we put gift gifted people on pedestals and we make them our modern day Saul's. We do this with pastors. I am not your Saul. Neither is the person next to you because they're extremely gifted in whatever spiritual gift. We're all on the same playing field. Spiritual gifts are gifts for ministry, but they are not a sign of maturity. Are you with me? I hope that made sense. Okay. So mature exercise of spiritual gifts will always be governed by love. Let me, let me make this real simple for us. A mature exercise of spiritual gifts will always be governed by love and bear love as the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? 1 Corinthians 13.1. Again, this is... Paul speaking, okay? Sandwiched in between chapter 12, where he's talking about spiritual gifts, and chapter 14, where he's talking about spiritual gifts, he writes chapter 13, and he talks about love being the greatest of all these things. This is what he says. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, that would be pretty miraculous. But I didn't love others. I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. This is, the, let me just say, this goes against our culture. 
It doesn't matter how much you're loving people. I just am totally blown away and want to elevate you and put you on a, pl- on a platform or a pedestal because you can speak 14 languages or because you have this intellectual prowess. Are you with me? If it's not done in love, you are nothing more than if I jumped on that drum kit right now and just started crashing a cymbal. You'd be like, stop. That's what God says to do. Stop. He goes, if I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, if I, <laughs> and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, that'd be pretty, pretty miraculous, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, oh, look at, oh man, look at what I'm doing. Look at, I'm serving. Look at, look at all these things, but love is not in it. What does Paul say? If I gave everything to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. All spiritual gifts are governed by the Spirit's fruit. Chiefly love. Side note, the fruit of the Spirit is different than the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are governed by, and the fruit, singular, gifts, plural. Catch this, the fruit, one fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. Hold on. Every single thing that follows that word love is how you love. You love with joy. You love with peace. You love with long-suffering. You love with gentleness. Are you with me? So the, the gifts of the Spirit are given, but they're governed by the fruit of the Spirit. Love. So the gifts of the Spirit are given by the Holy Spirit, governed by the fruit of the Spirit, and grown by people of God around you. The Holy Spirit is going to, he's going to bestow both fruit and gifts. And what I would say to us this morning is both are essential for a complete church operating in order. We need both. In fact, what I would say to you this morning is that a church should be exhibiting these things if they're walking in the fullness of what a church was created to walk in. Okay? First Corinthians 14.1, he says, let love be your highest goal. But you should also, des- and then he goes, especially the ability to prophesy. This word desire, I'm going to end with this. This word desire it says, but you should desire the special abilities. Let love be our, family, catch this, Movement Church. Let love be our highest goal when we gather on December 8th and we have, we go into the community and we go and we knock on doors and we invite kids from different uh, campuses in San Marcos and, 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 we, and we go out and we see people in stores and we say, you should come to this thing. Why? Because we want love to be the highest goal. We should desire that spiritual gifts show up Okay, that word desire, I, lo- I love what this means, this word. 
It means with earnest or earnestly. It means to pursue. But more importantly, I loved this, this piece of the definition, to busy one's self about. Listen. Hey, what's going on? Especially here in California. Hey, what's, hey, how you, how you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm, what, what are you going to say? I'm busy. <laughs> I'm busy. Be, be, busy. Busy bee. I'm always busy. We're busy. Going busy over there. Busy here. Busy there. We're busy. So much going on. Just busy. Just, I'm running time. Can't even get rest. Just so busy. <laughs> busy. So you know what that tells We're all busy. God is saying that the first thing we should be busy about is seeking after the Holy Spirit and the gifts that he gives us to what? Build his church and draw others into that love because love is the highest goal. We all should desire spiritual gifts with love as highest goal. And I love in 2 Corinthians 3, 5, it is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Okay? Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. What is that new covenant rooted in? Love. This is a covenant not written with laws, but of the Spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. Let's pray. Just as we close our eyes right now, this is what I, I want to do really quickly. Um, I think to be a healthy church, I think for us to actually scripturally be well-rounded and in order, um, that's why we do things at the end of a church service. Like we have this moment where we call certain things out into the open and we say, we want to pray with you and we feel like God is doing this or that or the other. What are we doing? We're ministering in the gifts of the Spirit. Why? Because I want you to know. I want you to see. I want you to experience the presence of God. When I say as a church, we curate environments where you're going to encounter Jesus what does that mean? This is what it means. You're going to encounter Jesus face to face. Where there's disbelief, where there's unbelief, God wants to draw you in. He wants to draw us into greater love as believers, and he wants to draw us in for the first time maybe as unbelievers into his love. And so this morning, this is my question for you. Um, do you know how God has gifted you. And I'm going to tell you the number one way to probably learn that, truthfully, is uh, th there's, a, there's a myriad, there's, there's multiple ways. But I'll tell you one of the chief ways is to be in relationship with people, for them to be able to speak into your life and go, I see this in you. You know, I've seen you in a situation where this was going on. It seems like this is something, God's given you the ability and there's lots of ways, lots of questions, there's lots of things, and I would just encourage you to be in relationship. And so what I want to do is I want to be sure that we leave time. So today, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for us generally and wrap the service up, but I'm going to call a couple things out first because I just feel like 
the Lord wants to make himself evident in his presence, and he wants to draw you closer to him. So I just feel like the Lord wants to heal this morning. I think every single time we meet, I'll be honest, I, I think every time we meet, I think we should always leave space for prayer for healing. If you need physical healing this morning, uh, I'm going to say to you, don't leave this place without coming forward and just asking for physical healing. Some of you, um, and I can relate to this in, in, in some ways, some of you have been dealing with things for a long time and you feel like, you know, well, God, God, God hasn't healed me yet, so he's not going to do it. And I would tell you that, that maybe, maybe, maybe the biggest healing that God wants to do is to draw you close to him. The biggest healing in your life might be salvation. To heal the brokenness. But I don't want you to leave this place without, without getting prayer for healing. So physically, getting prayer uh, for healing. So um, I think there's some individuals who've been dealing with um, just like some cranial pressure. I'm just going to be real specific about some things, okay? You've been dealing with cranial pressure specifically in the back in these suboxes. So that's at the lower part of your skull. You've been dealing with pressure in the back of your head, and it's, uh, it's actually started to radiate down. Um, even into your shoulders. If, is that anybody in the room? Has anybody been dealing with that? You? Okay. Could you just, look, at, as I say these things, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be bold, but I'm going to ask you to be bold. Okay, if, if that's you, wh wh why don't you stand up? Um, and this is, we're going to make this simple. We have ministry team members, Pastor Jeff, different people. Um, someone just go lay a hand on her. Jenny, awesome, thank you. Anyone else? It's, and it's actually started to create um, migraines. Um, I think God wants to, wants to relieve migraines here today. I, I, listen, I get migraines, so I'm with you on this one. Um, if you're dealing with migraines or have dealt with migraines, specifically in the last 30 days, some of them have been debilitating. Is that anybody here? Yeah, could you stand up? I just feel like let's just make this as plain and simple as possible. So we just have ministry members just going to begin praying for you. Um, uh, I saw a picture of a, of a red car. It was a smaller car. It wasn't like a Suburban. It wasn't a bit. It was like more of like a two, four-door kind of sedan, okay? And um, someone who drives this little red car, um, God, I think, wants to encourage you this morning. Um, is someone here or even someone online, I've had this happen multiple times where I'll say something like that, and then someone e emails me during the week. And they're like, dude, that was me, but I'm in, like, Kansas City, and I'm able to just pray with them and stuff. Um, anyone here drive a little red car? little red car. Kim, come on, stand up. Let, let's go. Anyone else? Okay. Um, Kim, I just, I just want to... Um, I want to encourage you. Um, I felt like the Lord said, for whoever that was... Um, I saw on the license plate the number four and the letter Y, and th this was, it, it wasn't the license plate number so much, but I just felt like the Lord wanted you to know that he's for you, okay, and that he, um, he has a purpose, and, and the things that you've been walking in are part of that purpose, but there's a deepening in that relationship, and just to encourage you to keep going in the road that you've been going. You've heard him correctly, like you're hearing God, and your obedience to that is, de is going to deepen that. And so I just wanted to be able to encourage you. Dan, could you just pray for her? Guys, this is, I'm just being really practical. This is, 
This is what we just preached about. Okay? This is what we just preached. We should, and we, this should happen like every time we get together. Even if you're sitting at coffee with a friend, okay, and you're having that great coffee cake, whatever you're eating, I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit wants to invade that time in that environment, and he wants to bring encouragement to each other. And then don't be surprised when the Lord starts speaking to you about the person serving you or the person sitting at the table next to you. Like, this is normal stuff, okay? Why don't we stand this morning? My prayer is that our church would have open hands and open hearts to say, Holy Spirit, come and do what you want to do. Strengthen us. Even even as a little church, you've given us this like super hack called the Holy Spirit and his gifts. There's nothing we have to do to earn it. And so just, Lord, I'm going to ask right now, if, if this morning, if you're, if you're saying, yes, we were singing this earlier, we were singing the word a- amen. Amen is like this agreement, this spiritual agreement to say yes, to say so be it. It's done. It's finished. Um, if you're saying amen to this, if you're like, hey, Pat, I want to see God move in ways that are outside our human ability. I want to see God move in our city. I want to see God move in the restaurants and in the shopping centers. And I want to see God move in the schools. And I want to see move in the government. I want to see God move in every area. And God, I know that you have gifted each one of us. And so that we become presently powerful as we walk into situations. If you're saying yes to that this morning, would you just open your hands up? And I'm just going to pray. Holy Spirit, would you just come to this place? Lord, begin to invade our hearts as we make ourselves available. Lord, the greatest thing that you want to do, the highest goal is you want to love people. Lord, that at the end of the day, we want people to feel encouraged. We want people to know that you're alive and you're well, that your presence is with them, that they're not alone. God, we thank you that you've given us these gifts. You've given us these abilities um, that, that one, are given. They're not ours. We thank you that um, they generate strength. They generate moments of encounter with you. We thank you that they're, they're grown. God, give us, um, give us the courage. Give us the courage to live the way that you've actually designed us to live, full of you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you. If you need prayer this morning, don't leave this place. Don't leave it. Come forward for prayer if you need something. In Jesus' powerful name, everyone said, amen and amen.